Great crowd here this morning. Good to see you. Um, I tell you, um, I can hardly believe that we are just one day away from going out of 2018 and into 2019. Are you as excited about 2019 as I am? Anybody here excited about 2019? Let me ask you this. Has 2018 been a bad one for anybody? Anybody, everybody ready to get out of 2000? A few hands are going up. Yeah, I was talking to some folks uh, just before the service started, and it's, it's kind of been, the, the consensus is that it's been one of those years where it's not necessarily a bad one. It wasn't maybe just a great one, but it, you know, it's been an okay year. But here's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about 2019 because I believe this. I believe that God wants the very best for us, amen? And that he's always laying out the, the path for us to, to enter into. You know, I love how Spence and, and the guys, they were praying earlier and they were talking about uh, praying with expectation in our heart. And that's, I guess, where I'm at uh, in, in my life as I think about 2019. It's just praying a prayer of expectation, believing that God has something great in store for us as we enter into 2019. No matter if it's here or wherever we're at, God has got uh, something planned for us. And I, I just, I know that God, I know this, I know that God wants to expand our faith. Amen? I know that God wants to draw us closer and closer into himself. I know that God desires for us to have a deeper, more meaningful, fulfilling relationship with him. How many of you ready for that in 2019? Amen? Amen. You know, I've had people ask me before, they said, Pastor David, are you one of those guys that sees a, a glass uh, half full? Or are you one of those guys that sees a glass half empty as it relates to life? And, and, uh, and I know what they're talking about. They're talking about, am I a pessimist or am I an optimist? And no doubt, for those of you who know me, I'm an optimist. I'm a I'm, I'm one who just loves to, to look uh, ahead. I'm one that doesn't want to dwell in the past. And, uh, and, and I just, I always feel like the best is yet to come. And so uh, for us, I, I pray that 2019 will be a great year for you and for us as a church. I, I know that God wants to do incredible things in our heart and I can't wait uh, for that. And so uh, this morning, we're gonna be diving into God's word here. This morning, I wanna invite you to go ahead and turn with me to 2 Corinthians Chapter 10, that's where we're gonna start off here this morning. And the message that, uh, that, uh, of the message uh, of this uh, sermon today is called Let's Get Started. And I think the reason that I, I, I titled it that is because of this expectant uh, heart for 2019, this expectation that God's gonna do incredible things in our life and he's going to expand our faith, he's gonna draw us closer, he's gonna fulfill us uh, in a way that we've never really experienced him, and, and so uh, I just look at God's word and what it teaches us about being followers of Christ Jesus who live a life of expectation, and I pray, my prayer really this morning is that for all of us that are gathered in this room, that we would be entering into 19 with this, this heart of expectation, this heart that says, you know, God, I want you to do something remarkable in my life. I want you to do something substantial in my life. I don't want to remain where I'm at in my relationship with you and in my faith. And so that's, that's my prayer. That's my hope. And so as I thought about that, I just thought, you know, for the, for the title message, if you got to have one, it's let's get started. Let's get, let's get going with 2019 and let's see where it is that God takes us. But we're going to be looking at second Corinthians chapter 10. And this is a really interesting letter that we're reading through here this morning, 2 Corinthians. It's, uh, 
It, it's, it's a letter that was written by Paul, but, but uh, it was also one that was written, uh, I guess, with Timothy uh, uh, by his side. If you go back to 2 Corinthians chapter one and you read the introduction, Paul, as he begins to sort of uh, write those greeting words to the Corinthian uh, to, to the Corinthians, to the church there in Corinth. He starts off and he says, I, Paul, and Timothy. And so all through this letter, you will see where he, as he's writing, he's, he's, he's using uh, not uh, that personal, uh, you know, uh, singular uh, pronoun there uh, where he identifies himself as I, but he says we. He says we are, you know, hoping for this or we're praying for that. And so he's talking about Timothy being with him as he is writing this letter to the Corinthians, but also like this letter because Paul talks a lot about uh, just the expressed joy that he has for what God is already doing in the life of the Corinthians. The, the Corinthians were a group of people who had had their ups and downs as a church. They were a group of people who had who had, uh, you know, obviously heard the gospel and responded to the gospel and they had given their life to Christ and they were followers of Christ Jesus, but they were also people who struggled with sin. And as they went through these times of sin, you know, Paul would write these letters to them and as he's writing these letters, he would, he would challenge them with, uh, with really turning away from the sin in their life and really focusing on the righteousness of Christ, really expanding their faith and, and believing in God and believing that Jesus wants to do something in their life. And one of the things that has happened is that the Apostle Paul and Timothy have received word that, that sort of a revival has broke out, if you will. Uh, I don't know if you can truly say that about the Corinthians, but, but there, there's definitely this time that has sort of happened in their life where they're beginning to turn back to God and this is exactly what Paul is hoping for with the Corinthians. He's hoping that they would sort of, you know, understand the need to, 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 to turn away from the sin in their life and to really begin to pursue uh, Jesus. And so uh, what I really love about this letter is that, that Paul is, is revealing to us God's desire for our hearts to long for God and so to long for Jesus and and so this morning, as we dive into God's word, uh, I hope that you will see that. You know, I, I really believe that's all Paul really ever wanted for them. In fact, as you read all the letters that Paul writes to the different uh, churches, you know, he writes to Philippi and he writes to the Ephesians and the others, as he's writing these letters, you begin to sense the shepherd's heart that Paul has for uh, the people whom he's serving and whom he's he's ministering to and whom he's counseling and who he's leading. And, and the Corinthians are no different. I really believe that the Apostle Paul, as he is writing to this church, that what we see is not letters of condemnation or letters of judgment, but rather the letters that really reveal his heart for the people of God to experience God and to love God more deeply than they ever have before. And so I think we're going to see that in this passage that we're looking at here today. And I hope that you would know that as for me and, and the other pastors and, and ministers here at this church, that that's our heart for you. I think anytime I get up here and I preach the word of God, my heart is that you and my hope and my prayer is that you 
would walk out of here today different than the way you walked in. That every single day of our life that we would encounter God more deeply than we ever have before. That a year from now, we would be able to celebrate what God has done in our life to, to bring us about to a more spiritual and meaningful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you want that for your life in 2019, amen? Well, let me just say, I want that for your life as well. I want us to get to a place where we long for the heart of God, where we hunger and thirst for more of the righteousness of Christ in our life. And we do this because we love him, but we also begin to realize that the results of us hungering and thirsting for God is a more meaningful, more fulfilled life, and that it's a life filled with joy and peace rather than all the other alternatives, amen? And so I pray for you every day, every single day of my life, I pray for you. I pray for us as a church. I pray that God would just impact our hearts and stir our very souls in ways that we can only imagine. And so as we approach 2019, you know, the temptation is to really stand up here and kind of look back at 2019. This is a standalone sermon. We'll kick off a new series next week. But I don't want to do that. I want to look ahead. I want to look with great expectation and anticipation at what Jesus wants to do in our hearts. Amen? And so that's what we're going to be seeing here. Now, Paul is writing to the Corinthians, and he, he's writing this, this text. We're going to read verses 14 and 15 of 2 Corinthians 10. And what we see here is that Paul makes a, a, a few remarks here, and I'll sort of uh, highlight these as we go, but I really want to zero in on just a few words of these two verses. But let's look at this real quickly together. So in verse 14, Paul says this, for we are not overextending ourselves, and there's what I was talking about where he uses uh, this word we, talking about him and Timothy. He's not talking, it's not just him uh, that's, that's in this letter writing to them. And he says, for we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you for we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. And I love this, what Paul is saying basically as he's writing this letter, he's reminding the Corinthians, he's saying, listen, there was a time where, where myself and Timothy and others, we came to you and not only did we come to you, but we were the first to come to you to bring you the message of hope that is found in Christ Jesus. And so in other words, we brought you the message of the cross. We brought you the message of Christ. We brought you the hope that is found in Christ Jesus. And so as we brought you the message of the gospel, we brought you the gospel, you heard the gospel, you embraced the gospel, you believed in the gospel, and because of that, God saved you. God saved you from your sin. God saved you from the wrath of, of spending an eternity outside of his presence, and he brought you into the family of God. So he, he's basically reminding them that they have heard the gospel message of Christ Jesus. They know the truth about Jesus. And he says, we brought this to you. We did not boast, he says, beyond the limits of the labors of others. But here's what I want us to really see here this morning. Look at this with me. He says, but our hope is that your faith increases our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. So look at these words here, these few words where Paul says this. He says, but our hope is that your faith increases. I want you to let that just sink in this morning. 
I want you to think about these words for just a moment. The Apostle Paul, as he's writing to the Corinthians, he says, he, he, he can say anything. He, he could write anything. But in this moment, he reminds them that the gospel came to them, this message of hope, and this message of hope which they receive. Remember, he is writing to the church. He's writing to followers uh, in Christ Jesus. He's writing to the believers there. And he says, as you've heard the gospel, you surrendered to Christ, you gave your life to Christ Jesus, but he, but he, but he also sort of insinuates that there's still of a bit of an issue here because he says our hope, and we know that Paul was always praying for the church. He was always praying for those faithful followers of Christ Jesus. But he says, he says our hope is that your faith would increase. He's not talking about saving faith because he's writing to the church. He's talking about our faith in Christ Jesus in our daily walk. The faith that we have to live out every single day of our life. The faith and the belief and the trust that we have in Jesus as we carry out our life on a daily basis, trusting God, believing in God, knowing that God cares deeply for us, being able to move forward instead of being stricken with fear in our life, being able to trust God and believe God that God is laying out before us a path for which we can walk and knowing that he is going to be with us and that he will never leave us and that he will never forsake us. And so trusting God as a believer, having the faith to trust God and to believe in God despite the circumstances in our life. And so this is the faith that Paul is talking about. He says this, he says, I hope, our hope is that your faith, that kind of faith, that trusting faith in Christ Jesus, our hope, our prayer is that that faith will increase. Now let that sink in. And the question that I want to ask us this morning is this. As we face 2019, what's holding you back from going all the way in with your faith? Another way we could say it is this. What's keeping you from being a part of what God is inviting you into? In other words, what is it in your life? Are there, maybe, maybe you would say with all certainty, Pastor David, there's absolutely nothing. I feel like my life is just right on target with where God would have me. And I would say to you, then more power to you because I'm not even there yet, you know, and I, I wanna be there. I, what I wanna do is I wanna ask the question of myself, what is it, God? What is it that stands in my way? What hurdles are in place? What obstacles exist in my life that as I move forward into 2019, that my faith might could increase. I want my faith to increase. This is the desire of God coming from his word, that our faith would increase, that our ability to trust God in all circumstances would be able to increase. And so what is it in your life that's keeping your faith from increasing? And I want you to think about that. As we look into God's word here this morning, as we think about that, as we prepare to usher in a new year, and maybe last year was a good one, but I believe that next year can be a better one, amen? Especially as it is, relates to your spiritual walk in Christ Jesus. And so I, I, I pray that we would be asking ourselves, what is it that could be possibly holding us back from our faith increasing in our life. Paul says here, he says, our hope is that you will increase in your faith 
toward Christ. He says, you heard the gospel, God saved you, you know the joy of Christ, you know the blessings that come with knowing Christ, you know who God is and what he is capable of, you know the power of God in your life, so why would you not want more of that? What a challenging thought. Now remember, this isn't, this isn't the Apostle Paul, this isn't a message of condemnation. He's just simply telling them what he hopes for in their life. He's saying quite simply, he says, I want the very best for you. I want the very best. I, I want, as it relates to God interacting in your life and you interacting in, in who God is, I want the very best for you. I want you to experience God more than you ever have before. That's simply what he's saying here. And that as God interacts with you and you interact with God, as you live out your life in this relationship with the Lord, that your faith in him, your trust in him, your, would just increase and doubt would become something of the past. Uncertainty would be something you don't even worry about anymore. You know, I, I think for all of us, we've been at a place in our life where we just wish we could look into a crystal ball, right? We just wish we could look into a crystal ball and know what the future holds for us. We, you know, there's that old saying, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we, we're pretty good at being able to look back, aren't we? We can look back especially, and here's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to look back and, and just sort of wallow in, in your past sins and your past decisions that just seem to put you at distance with God. That's where he wants you to go. He wants you to go back and just sort of dwell in that place, to wallow in that place. But the Spirit of God wants to take us somewhere else. You see, the Holy Spirit wants us to find the joy that comes in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God wants us to know that the future is bright in Christ Jesus. And that uncertainty is not something that we should worry about. And fear is not something that we should worry about. It should, it's something that should be extinguished in our life because of this amazing trust in God. And so the Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthians, he says, man, I just hope, I just pray that your faith, your trust in God would just increase. So here we see all of this playing out. You know, a question that I found myself asking was this. I was asking, what is 2019 gonna look like for me? What is 2019 gonna look like for me? What is it that I hope for as it relates to my relationship with the Lord. But let me ask you that question this morning. What does 2019 look like for you? Is, is, as a follower of Christ Jesus, will your faith, will your faith just be a percentage of how many times you came to church on Sunday morning? As a follower of Christ Jesus, will, will your faith be revealed by just your sort of futile attempts to engaging in a small group or, or involving yourself in community of the church or maybe serving a little more? Is that, is that what you're thinking that 2019 might be for you as a believer? Or is your heart longing for more of God where God is the treasure and God is the one that we seek after and that what we cry with our hearts is that God, we want more of you. We want more of you because see, here's the reality. Here's the truth. When we desire for more of God, when we want more of God in our life, then all that other stuff takes care of itself, right? 
You see, we desire community with other believers because we know that's healthy for us. We want to come to small groups because we know that the study of God's word just matures us as believers of Christ Jesus. When Jesus is the treasure, all of that other stuff takes care of itself. And so I want to ask you this morning, what are you looking for in 2019? My prayer, my hope is the same that the Apostle Paul would reveal to the Corinthians. My prayer, my hope for you is that you would long more for God and that your faith would increase, your trust would increase. You remember the story of Moses sending out the spies? I love, I love this story, I really do. It's, it's a classic. If you've grown up in church, you, you've heard this story a thousand times, but I, I love it because the Lord summons Moses to send spies out to the land which he's already promised to Israel. And so he says, I want, you to, I want you to summon up a couple of guys. I want you to send them over there to this land that I have given you. And I want you to send them out there and, and I want you to let them come back with a report. And so he does, he goes to the tribes of Israel and he gets a guy from each tribe and they, they gather up together. And of that, those spies that are going out, there's two guys, Joshua and Caleb, that are gonna be a little bit different than the other spies in that group. But he sends them out and they cross over into the promised land. And when they get there, they begin to do an assessment. They're doing a recon, if you will, of the, uh, of the promised land. And to their amazement, they see that it's a land of abundance. This place that God has promised them, this place that God is ultimately going to take them to is a place of bounty. It's a place of abundance. There's more food and there's more fruit and there's more uh, livestock. And I mean, they, they even would come back later and in the report say it's the land of milk and honey. I mean, it, it's, it's a place of abundance. And they, they were no doubt very excited about this. And after spending 40 days in this promised land, they come back over and they come to the leaders there in Israel and they gather together and they go, okay, guys, give us a report. We want to hear what's over there. And they go, man, you wouldn't believe it. What's over there is incredible. I'll tell you, what that land, it's good. That land is great. I mean, what God has promised us is amazing. They even show samples of what they have brought back with them. They said, look, here's just a few samples of what's waiting for us over there. I mean, it's incredible what God is wanting to bless us with. And then they say these words, and this is what really just changes the story. They say, however... Wait a minute, what are, you, what are you talking about? However, uh, you, you gave us all this good news. It's this land of abundance. It's this land of, of bounty. It's, it's, it's the promised land. It's the, the land that God has promised to us. And, and, and you say the land is good, but then you say, however, what is, in other words, there's, they, they're, they're basically saying, here's the good news, but now are you ready for the bad news? And they say the men over there, they're really strong really big, strong guys, and their cities are fortified. And I don't know if this is a good time for us to go over there or not. And you see Joshua and Caleb, they, they immediately begin to see what's going on. They, they can sense this, this turning. They've seen it before. They've seen it where God's people trust God, and they follow God, and they obey God, and they do all of this, but then the people of God allow the fear to settle in or the uncertainty to settle in 
or the, 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 the risk to settle in. And all these things begin to creep into the lives of God's people whom they have seen God at work before. And as all this begins to creep in, they begin to allow fear to take over. They begin to allow uncertainty to take over. They begin to allow all this stuff to take over. And then there's always that, however, maybe this isn't a good time. But maybe we should wait. Have you ever been there before in your life? You know, it's so easy. How many of you ever done this? When, you, when you're reading the story of the Israelites, you look at them and you go, man, they've seen God just do incredible miracles, right? We were singing about miracles a while ago, you know. We've seen God just do incredible miracles, right? And, and we've seen God do remarkable things. You're, you're reading the stories of Israel and, and they do that. And then all of a sudden, God says, hey, go do this. And they go, oh no, it's uh, too risky. And, and so there's this, this failure to trust God, this failure to have faith in God. And here's what's funny about reading through the Old Testament. It's full of ups and downs, isn't it? It's an ebb and flow of obedience, disobedience, obedience, disobedience. But here's the part I wanna ask you. Have you ever been to a place as you're reading through those stories, you go, how can they do that? I mean, don't they know that God is so faithful that he'll take care of them? How many of you ever done that before? How many of you, then as soon as you do that, some of you aren't raising your hand because you know where I'm going with this, but as soon as you begin to judge the Israelites for being faithful one minute and disobedient the next, you realize that's a picture of your life. Why is it that we as people seem to have this issue where we know that God is faithful, we know that God is all-powerful? How many of you believe God's all-powerful in your life, amen? How many of you, gosh, woo, Lord, forgive them. How many of you believe that God is all-powerful this morning? All right. Praise God that there's more of you out there than what I first thought there that believe that truth. I mean, God is, how many of you believe God is taking care of you, amen? How many of you believe that Jesus died that you would be saved from your sins, amen? Well, we just gotta work on you guys. You, you guys, y'all are, y'all are what I call sitting soakers. You wanna sit and just soak it in, go home, you know, you don't want to engage in worship. You don't want to engage in the message. How many of you love Jesus this morning? There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Praise God. Let's wake up. Let's worship Jesus. Amen. And so here's the thing. We see the Israelites live out their life. They trust God one moment. They fail to trust him the next. They trust God the next. They fail to trust him. They doubt God, then they don't doubt God. We see this ebb and flow of their faith. And we find as we read those stories that our life is very similar. Our lives are very similar. And so it doesn't really surprise me that the Apostle Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthians, that one of the greatest things that he would pray for for the Corinthians is that their faith would what? Increase that their influence, the influence that, that Paul and others have had on them, talking, presenting the gospel to them, would enlarge. That their hearts would swell, their hearts would explode with excitement and faith over who God is and who Christ is in their life. It doesn't surprise me at all that that would be his, his prayer because every issue that we have in our life where we're not trusting God or there's fear in our life or where there's uncertainty in our life all comes from a lack of what? Faith. 
So Paul says, I pray, I pray that their faith would be increased. I want you to look at this with me here, if you will. Numbers chapter 14, verses six through nine. Let's read this together here for just a moment. Going back to this passage here in the Old Testament where Moses has sent his spies out and where they saw what was happening and Joshua and Caleb, they, they get to a place where they're just not happy about what they see here. They don't, they don't see people of faith. They see people who are stricken with fear. And we see here in this passage where it reads this. It says, and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes this, this is a way we, this is what we see in the Old Testament when people really find themselves really in disagreement. When they don't like what they see, they, they tear their clothes. It's a very profound way to say, listen, this is not good for us. And so here we see where Joshua and Caleb, they begin to, to tear their clothes. And, it's, and it says here in verse seven, and they said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy it out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Verse nine, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land. Joshua is saying to the people of God, he's saying, come on guys, don't do this. Don't back away. God has promised us the land. God is taking care of us for all these years. Let's don't back down now. He's saying, come on, let's, let's do this. Let's go with this. God, now is the time. God is at work. God is moving. Let's go. He says, do not rebel. I love this word rebel here in the Old Testament. In, in the original language, it literally means to protest against God. So it's not just a simple word of, of rebellion. It's not that they're just sort of saying no instead of, instead, of, instead of saying yes to God. What they're basically saying to God is this. They're saying, God, you want us to go into the land which you've promised. We don't like your idea. We don't agree with you, God. And so the people of God, these are people who believe and trust in God and they should have faith in a holy and righteous God and yet they stand before God and they stand in protest and disagreement with him as though they know what's best. I remember years ago when I was in college, I was a history major and I had written this history paper and it was probably the greatest work I'd ever done in my life. How many of you ever had one of those kind of papers, you know, where you just know it's, it's the A plus material and uh, Maya's over here pointing at Joshua. Like, is this happening in your life sometime? No, no, complete opposite maybe. Oh, okay, I see. And so anyway, I had written this paper and I just knew it was a great paper. And so I turned it in, it was a very lengthy paper and, and I had turned it in, I had spent hours of work on this and it was going all the way back to the history of Sumer. Oh, you know, it, it was really a biblical account is what I was offering uh, is a biblical account of the, uh, of the beginning of humanity, if you will. And so I had written this paper and I was so excited about it. And I finally, I go back into class one day and I get the paper back 
And as I get the paper, it is covered on the front page with red ink. I mean, there's circled words and there's underlining and there's exclamation points. I mean, it was like this teacher was screaming at me. And I was looking at this paper and I was thinking, what, what is the deal? I know this is a good work. So I figured all the comments must be on the front page, right? So I turned the page and no, it continued, you know, and, and I just kept flipping one page after another and every page was just filled. There was more red ink than there was my ink, okay? And I was like, what in the world? And I finally get to the back page where she had posted the grade and boy, was I hot because this grade that I got was not the grade that I was looking for. In fact, it was, it was just way off the mark. And so I walked out of the class that day and I was just fuming. You ever been at that place? You know, you just feel like the greater, whoever it was, they just really just sort of messed you up that day. And so I carried this paper home and I couldn't get over it. So the next day I made up my mind. I was gonna go into her office and I was gonna give her a piece of my mind and she was gonna hear what I thought the grade the paper should, should bring as far as the paper. And I just knew that I would be able to convince her to change my grade. So I marched into her office. I had called and set up an appointment. I walked in and as I walked in and I was sitting down, she said, give me just one minute and she left the room. Now, that's always an awkward thing, to be in somebody else's office just kind of waiting. You know, it's very quiet, and you just, you don't feel like you should be there alone anyway. And so I'm sitting there, and as I'm sitting there, I look on her desk, and right in front of me on the desk is a sign, and it says, no whining. No whining. And I thought for a minute, and I said, well, I haven't come to whine. I've come to complain. So that doesn't meet the criteria. And so I pulled my paper out, which was covered in red ink, and I, I had it sitting in my lap, and she came walking in. No doubt she saw the paper in my lap. And as she walked around, she took her seat. She goes, and if you've come to, to complain about the grade that you've got on your paper, don't bother. What do you do with that? You know, you're just sitting there. I mean, actually, that is why I'm here. I mean, that's, that's what you want to say. And then to follow up that remark, she says these words. She says, I'll tell you this before you say anything. Don't you just, I don't want to use the word hate, but teachers like that, you know, I mean, it's just like, but she says, and I'll, I'll tell you this, that I'm always more lenient on a paper the first time I grade it than the second time we look at it. So I put the paper back in my book pack, right? <laughs> And I said, actually, I just wanted to come and get your opinion on how I could do better. Isn't that a perfect response for somebody? I mean, she, I had met my match and I knew it. I just put my paper up and I just moved on. I was like, you know, I just wanted to come say you were probably one of the most fair teachers I've ever had in my life. I wanted to, I wanted to just compliment you today on your hair. I wanted to just tell you that you are just amazing and I am learning so much. If it wasn't for all this red ink on my paper, I couldn't learn from this experience. That's what I, you know, I, what do you say? I mean, you're just at the end of your rope. You're at the end of this. This conversation is not gonna go anywhere, right? You know, I, I just, all I could do is walk away not in protest. I was thinking about the reality that the truth that God's people in the Old Testament they often faced this, they often entered into this time of rebellion, this protest against God, where they would go and they would say, God, we don't agree with this. We don't like this. We, we're not for this. And it completely contradicts the word of God. 
You know, for you and I, we have the Bible, right? We have God's word to read and to process. And if we're ever wondering, you know, is this what God wants us to do? Or if this is what God, you know, expects of us, if this is how God is calling us to live our life, we read the word of God and there's no protest, is there? It is the word of God. And so for us, we, 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 we ask ourselves, what is it that we would desire in our life more than anything else in the world for 2019? Where is it that we wanna go? What is it that we're expecting? What is it that we, we want more deeply than anything else? And I'm here to tell you here this morning that my hope and my prayer is that above everything else in your life, what you desire more than anything is for your faith to increase. Because let me tell you this, that's what I'm praying for you. That's what I'm praying for me. I believe the best is yet to come as it relates to your walk with Jesus. I believe that God wants to show you so much more of himself to you. And I believe that God is looking to draw you closer than you've ever been in 2019. That's why I choose to look ahead rather than to focus back. Amen? How many of you want that for your life this morning? You don't have to... You don't have to respond or you can respond. But I, I hope and I pray that that's what you want in your life. In just a moment, we're gonna close out this service and uh, our worship team's gonna come back out here and they're gonna lead us in a time of, of worship and praise. And I just wanna offer to you this, that there, there are gonna be our pastors that are down here, down front, if, if you wanna come and you wanna meet with a pastor, if you wanna pray and ask God to, uh, or ask one of them to just help you uh, with your faith, then you come and meet with them. I'm down here on the front if you wanna come and pray with me. This altar is always open at the end of a service when our worship team comes out and they lead us in song. If you know, for all of us here today, I just pray that, that we would understand clearly that this is an opportunity for us as individuals to respond to whatever it is that God is teaching us and whatever it is that God is laying on our hearts. And again, I pray that what God has laid on your heart this morning is a desire for more of him. I pray this morning that what you see Jesus as in 2019 is the treasure of your life and in the same way that Paul prayed this prayer we pray this together let us pray that our faith would expand let us pray that our faith and our trust and our belief in Christ Jesus would grow I'm going to pray for us then you respond as the worship team leads us in song. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for this time together where we can come and we can worship you in spirit and truth. And God, what an amazing time it has already been for us as believers and followers and as the church to come and lift our voices in praise and adoration because you are, you are so worthy. And Father, what a privilege and an honor it is to to come and be able to make our request known to you. 
as we look forward into a year where there's so much about that year that we just don't know. But God, I pray also that we would be the people of God that believe and trust and have faith in whatever it is that is to come. And I pray, Father, for all of us here this morning that our faith would increase, our faith would grow, our our faith and our trust in you would just swell in our hearts, God. That as we move into a new year, that doubt would be replaced with trust. And confidence in you would be replaced, would replace the uncertainty in our life. Father, I pray that we would, as followers of Christ Jesus, just believe in you more and more each and every day. Not worry about what the future holds. But just know and believe that you care deeply for us. So much so that you sent your son to die on the cross. to die on the cross, to be raised from the grave. And to be raised from the grave, to have victory over sin and death. Lord, thank you that we don't have to look back into our past because you've already dealt with that. And we are faithful to repent and turn to you believe in you and trust in you. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship together.
Could I have you be seated for just a second? I want to make a quick announcement here this morning. Um, uh, I want to just say this. Uh, Spence, come on up here, if you will. And Sabrina, join us up here, if you will, as well. Um, you know, about 12 years ago, this guy and myself, we started doing ministry together. And, uh, and Sabrina was a part of that as well. We, uh, they, they came into my home when we were getting ready to plant Cross Point Church and we begin to dream about what God would want to do in this place. And, and so for the last 12, 12 and a half years or so, uh, this man has been a part of my life, and he's been a, a really good part of my life. I, I look at Spence as someone who is in some ways like a son to me. And I'm, I'm not trying to replace daddy down here on the front row, but, uh, but in some ways I think I have. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> And uh, so, no, I, I feel like in some ways there's just been this relationship between Spence and I that's more of a, a father and a son, but in other ways it's been like a brother where, where iron sharpens iron, you know. Uh, and it, so it's, it's been a, a remarkable walk with us uh, together with Spence and Sabrina. And um, so about three months ago, Spence walked in my office and he said that God was, was doing something in his life, was, was taking him to a place. He, he wasn't even sure yet. It's kind of remarkable that this morning we've been talking about God just increasing our faith. Uh, this is a step of faith for Sabrina and Spence as they come to a place where they just believe that God is calling them to something else, to something different. 
not something necessarily better. They just don't even know yet. They just know that God's calling them to step away. And so three months ago, we made this announcement, or a couple of months ago, we made this announcement in the church. And and Spence had shared with us that he would give us till the, to the end of the year. And so it's come to the end of the year. And so today is actually the uh, Spence's official last day on staff with us, even though I think they're going to be around till maybe summer or something like that. But, but I'll tell you, uh, it's, a, it's a true blessing to have walked with this guy in my life. He means so much to me. And uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to really do without you, Spence. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. I did ask him a few days ago, can I call you like every day if I need to, you know, just to, just to talk to you. But, um, but uh, you know, it's uh, one of the things that we know is that when God calls us away, when change is in our midst, uh, it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it just means there's other opportunities uh, awaiting us in their case or awaiting us in our case. And so um, I just want to say today, as, as it being the last day, uh, with us here today that, man, we're going to miss you. We love y'all. We love you so much. I know you want to say something. He, he can't get up here and not say something, right? So I moved his microphone. So I want to just turn it over to you. So. Yeah. Um, well, for us, yeah, this has definitely been a long journey. And uh, it's been just an honor and a privilege. Uh, so we want to thank you guys, just the church, um, for being with us, watching us grow. I think uh, we are newlyweds, maybe, were we? Yeah, newlyweds when, when we started 06. And um, since then, we got two kids now, a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. So a lot has changed for us. And you guys have been there every step of the way and supporting us. You've watched me grow and you've been patient with me and you've followed. Like that's a, we are talking in the green room earlier for a leader, you know, like a leader can't lead if he doesn't have people who trust and follow. So, um, I want to thank you guys for following me and trusting me enough to let me lead um, every Sunday. David, well, I've always, we've had a lot of conversation in the last couple months, but he's always going to be a spiritual giant for me. And I've learned so much from him. I appreciate you. I love you. And you and Linnell, y'all have um, uh, been patient with us. You've, even when I've been stupid and messed up, you've shown grace and um, and taught me how to be a pastor. He's taught me how to love people and how to shepherd people. And um, yeah, so a lot of times, you know, when the Lord brings new seasons, um, he doesn't give all the answers. And that's just where we're at. It's just a new season. And we've wrestled with it for so long and we've kind of tried to stay in the season we know and be in the season we love. Um, but uh, we, we just, we couldn't wrestle anymore. And sometimes obedience looks like un being uncomfortable. It looks like uh, not having all the answers. And that's just where we're at. And we're excited, we're sad to leave. I, I said in the first service, no matter what the next season looks like for us or where it is or when it is, this will all, Cross Point Church will always be our faith family. And so you guys mean that much to us. And I'm swallowing it back right now. So I um, started getting emotional, but we're not having it this time. I, 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 I did the first service, but um, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have that this service. So we love y'all so much, and we're excited. Um, I'm excited. The Lord is in this place, like, and he is not finished. 
And so 2019 is going to be an exciting year. It's, start, it's starting off with transition and change, um, but change and transition isn't always bad. And sometimes some things have to be moved aside for, for a new puzzle piece to come in to, to, to take it uh, to places it, it, it needs to go. So that's my prayer for this church. We're always going to be praying for you. If we're in town, we're going to be here worshiping with you. So uh, we love you guys, and we thank you so much for an incredible journey. Can we just thank them for the last 12 years? Amen. I'm gonna ask uh, our worship team, if they will, just come and gather around Spence and Sabrina, and we're gonna lay hands on them to close out the service here. Mom and Dad, y'all wanna come up as well and, and uh, be a part of this as, as well? Y'all come on up if you want. You can be a part of this. Don't be shy. They won't bite. So uh, come on up, and uh, we'll just get the family up here. Um, and I've got a little something for you as well. Um, almost forgot, but this is for Sabrina, and this is for y'all, but I'll let you hold that there, Spence. And so we love you guys, and, and uh, we're just going to miss you greatly and, and just hope the best for you. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day and we thank you, Father, for your presence in this place, in our life, in our ministries. And God, it's, uh, as Spence has pointed out here this morning, God, change is not always bad. It's, uh, it's, it's sometimes it's opportunity. It's opportunity, I know, for Spence and Sabrina as they prepare to move into a different season of their life, a different stage in their life, not knowing where it is that you will take them, but God, knowing and trusting that, God, you're gonna take them into that place that you want them to be. And I know this for certain, that wherever they are, they're gonna serve faithfully. They're gonna continue to make disciples. They're gonna continue to, to just uh, serve you in the way that they know how. And, Father, that is more than we could ask as a church, God, that as we send anyone away from this place, that they would go out into the world as co-laborers of the gospel. And so, Father, I pray for them. I pray for God, you just to look after them, be with them and their family, God, in just remarkable ways, reveal yourself to them, make your plans known that they may be used for your glory, and God, we will celebrate as we hear of the great things that you are doing in their life. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you for co-laborers in our life and men and women who, who mean so much to us, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.